Hello, I am Raul Ramirez of the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we keep real wrestling alive. And actually, another one of our goals, besides preserving catch wrestling, is to help you improve as a grappler. So we want to help you to elevate your grappling. That's why we have uh, the online CWA Academy course available for everybody. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, let people know it's not just about like living in the past and trying to share uh, old pictures, old black and white pictures and all that. Because um, it seems like that's kind of what actually when a lot of people really respond to that, they really like like the heyday of catch wrestling. So um, uh, you see a lot of likes on like these really old, you know, black and white wrestling pictures, which are great. I love them, too. Um, but we want to try to make sure that we take catch wrestling into the future as well and not make it just be pro wrestling, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I'm wearing a pro wrestling t-shirt. I don't know if, uh, if you're listening to the audio, you might not see it, but uh, you might have seen this uh, shirt. So if you're watching the video uh, on our Twitch or um, our YouTube, this is actually a drawing that was done by the late, great Billy Robinson. He... He drew this, and then when he was teaching at the Snake Pit Japan, uh, and so then they put they put it on a shirt. So I happen to have one. So <laughs> so uh, it doesn't mean I'm all into like uh, pro wrestling or that I I think that pro wrestling is catch wrestling and all that. It's uh, it's those of you who have uh, you know watched our streams or even seen our social media. You know we're really trying to dispel that myth that if you're a pro wrestler. That you automatically are a catch wrestler it's just not true and catch wrestling uh is the source or it was like the original pro professional version of wrestling until uh the the whole thing changed right and you had a, a more performance based or some predetermined uh matches going on like you then that evolved to what we have today right um so with that being said it's still a cool shirt you know um uh, it was really nice to spend time with Billy Robinson in Arkansas. I was wearing this, and he was really happy that I that I wore it. Um, and it was actually a really cool drawing that he did himself. Right, that's why. Uh, for those of you who can see, it has a BR there, so he put his initials there. All right. With that being said, actually, we have a some more announcements, which I think people might like. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, we're gonna be putting out a new video course coming out soon. I think a lot of people have been asking a, about uh, like you know the, the main the main dominant style of grappling, right? It's the uh, jujitsu and uh, no gi jujitsu in particular is gaining popularity, and um, so people ask about like you know how to use catch wrestling principles to uh, compete against no gi, so we're going to be putting out a, a course actually it's going to be several courses but we're going to be putting out the first one uh very soon probably hopefully by the end of actually not the end of this week because it's already the end of the week almost so hopefully next week uh we will be working on a, a pressure pass system uh the first volume so we're going to be working on way catch wrestling ways to attack close guard so uh, be on the lookout for that. That'll be available on our website as well. Um, all right. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to what we're talking about. Grappling in MMA. 
right? So uh, we just a lot of people also have been uh, sending this video to me, or at least like a, wanting me to watch the Juliana Pena fight. Um, and people were talking about um, um, like how the grappling exchanges took, you know, like went went or how they developed and all that. But um, yeah, one of the things that we want to kind of like point out, and I found some really cool clips uh, from an interview. So hopefully, I'm going to show you. They're really short, so hopefully they don't get this video taken down from YouTube. They're from Ariel Helwani. He interviewed Juliana Pena after the fight, and she she raised some pretty good points. So hopefully, by sharing, and this is the the. I'm sharing the video that he shared on his social media, so hopefully um, he's cool with us uh, sharing it here on our on our live stream uh, because UFC is, is is not so kind, right? So quite often when I share uh, even some short clips of UFC stuff, um, UFC tries to take down the video. So <laughs> let's try to uh, well anyway. So hopefully. He has no problem, but there's a couple points that, so people, the reason why people were kind of pointing this match out to me in particular is because a couple techniques, it looked like Juliana Pena won the fight by like neck crank. And the other thing that Juliana Pena, that she also talks about, uh, especially here in the, in the interview, the post-fight interview with Ariel Helwani is um, uh, the straight arm bar attempt. And this is another thing, this, this, that will lead me into like talking about uh, grappling in MMA in particular, and how ultimately, uh, like people, because a lot of these techniques like straight arm bars and neck cranks and stuff aren't taught or practiced so much in no gi jiu jitsu and gi jiu jitsu. So then people are fighting the way they're training, and so that's why you you don't see these types of techniques happening so often right in other scenarios so whether it be mma or no gi all right so let's go ahead and pull up the first clip so this one should be juliana pena talking about the straight arm bar uh yes it was in the first round it looked to the naked eye i mean these are million dollar cameras and they're great but you would think that they would get the shot of like i'm about to snap this girl's arm i'm about to have the first ever victory by straight arm lock you know that's what was playing in my mind like i was like man it probably looks like people probably are like oh she's gonna choke her but i'm like dude her arm is gonna snap in half i have her arm like i just i wish that they could see that like i was I, I don't know if they saw it or not. I actually haven't seen um, the the full fight yet, but uh, I had her in trouble in round one. And I knew that that's the moment that I was like, man, like if this is how our grappling exchanges are going to be, I could do this all night long. And, and especially just the amount that she was breathing, you know, you could hear her like, <laughs> and I'm just cool. Chilling. How deep was that choke? Because uh, honestly, like when it happened, I was like, oh, wow, it's over. I, I like you can't even see. It didn't even look like it was locked in. I know the hooks weren't in. All right. So good thing it cuts off right there. All right. So let's go and talk about that straight arm bar first. So the straight arm bar, or she calls it a straight arm lock. Totally viable uh, technique. And actually, it should be seen more in Nogi and MMA. It's such a great, uh, such a great submission uh, that you can get 
on a lot of people because people, again, so it's like people are fighting the way they train and even Nogi, how Nogi has been kind of uh, changing the jujitsu culture a little bit with their, like their, uh, what their, like they've been really trying to promote leg locks and all that. So the whole leg lock game and Nogi has been shifting the culture of uh, Brazilian jujitsu just in general. So, um, but there's, things that still haven't kind of like uh, uh, become part of the, that culture. And so straight arm bars and neck cranks are still, uh, some of them, you still kind of see people doing neck cranks or say like even, but then like people who aren't necessarily jujitsu based doing neck cranks a little bit more like that famous instance with Khabib uh, versus Conor McGregor. And I believe that that neck crank probably wasn't even that painful um because people can do it better and that's kind of one of my one of my points so we kind of talk about it later but let's go ahead and go back to the straight arm bar totally viable uh and then again the culture of jujitsu is where it's like someone takes your back and so you're going to be seeing or you, know, you should be if you watch mma or if you watch uh grappling uh, you'll often hear like a commentator talking about like, oh, as soon as someone gets their back of one opponent, then it's all, you know, we're nearing the end of the match because uh, once the back is taken, then uh, the, the rear naked choke is inevitable, almost inevitable, right? Um, but that's, that's, it's just not true, you know, especially since people, um, you know, are learning chokes from say like the white belt stage, um, you'll be, um, you should be learning defense at the same time as well, right? So um, it shouldn't be that easy. And again, like I want to point to the the one championship match that occurred. It was Gary Tonnen versus uh, this karate black belt. I'm sorry, I do not remember the karate black belt's name. Uh, he was a karate black belt from Japan. And um, so this guy had basically we had like a high level grappler world-class grappler unable to submit a low level grappler who's just primarily a striker right so and he took the back he did all these other uh submission attempts and uh the japanese fighter was able to defend and escape from everyone right so uh taking someone's back is not the end-all be-all of a grappling match or even an mma match um, because we've seen, you know, the highest level competitors uh, unable to submit their opponents, right? So, so there, right? <laughs> but there are these other cool techniques that you can do, especially if someone takes your back, you can be fighting back with submission attempts. And um, a lot of times you can get the submission, but again, it just takes practice. And I guess my point is, you know, you fight the way you train. So if you're not doing these types of things, then they're you're not going to be doing them during a match right unless i don't know you do this hail mary type thing and then it just works out for you uh, but juliana pena uh went for the straight arm bar she calls it a straight arm lock i call it a straight arm bar same same thing um and uh it was successful right definitely didn't allow uh the choke to happen the rear naked choke to happen um it didn't finish the match but it can so with practice uh, you totally can do that even if someone has taken your back. Okay, so with that being said, let's go ahead and...
talk about the chokes. Uh, yes, it was. Sorry, not that, not that clip. <laughs> okay, so here's uh, the later clip where they talk about the neck crank. Uh, even Juliana Pena talks about it as a choke. Um, I wish I could. I mean, I did take a still image of the match, um, but the, just the way the way the match, like where the camera was, um, you can kind of see it looked like she was trying to set up or look more closer to what we call a face lock. And um, it's just unfortunate that she calls it a choke. But anyway, here we go actually in tight were you surprised that she tapped when she did yeah rick and i have been working this choke for a while and it was the same pretty much variation choke that i got with sarah mcmahon um it was absolutely tight and she had no choice but to tap people want to say that she quit she didn't quit she was her she was getting choked you know she had no choice but to tap i would have broke her neck so she she tapped because she had I would have broke her neck, right? So that's really a, a sign of neck crank, right? So of of the technique itself being more of a crank, right, than a choke, right? So, um, and again, I think it just shows more of the whole uh, was the culture, you know, being uh, choke oriented. So once you're in that position, so the rear naked choke position, like that figure four uh, arm position. It can be what we call in catch wrestling a face lock, right? So you don't have to have the arm under the chin. And um, the angle of the actual UFC match isn't the best, but um, I found one still image that it looked as though um, her uh, Juliana Pena's arm wasn't underneath the the chin of uh, Nunez, and so. Um, if it never got under the chin completely, then of course it would be completely a neck crank, right? So I just, I, so whether or not she was being, Nunez was being choked or not, the main thing and that Pena points out is that if she didn't tap, her neck would be broken or could be broken, you know, it's basically really uncomfortable. It was setting up a face lock. And yeah, again, people can tap uh, how like Ariel Hawani, points out it's like they don't necessarily have to have the hooks in because it should be painful and it should uh, make your opponent scared or fear that their neck could be injured right so it's not so much they're going to be passing out uh, due to lack of oxygen or whatever it should be uh, like fear inducing right if not potentially dangerous or potentially um, yeah, with injury inducing right <laughs> so um Let's go ahead and watch that one clip again where she describes it because uh, talking about pain, then that's more of a crank. Actually in tight, were you surprised that she tapped when she did? Yeah, Rick and I have been working this choke for a while and it was the same pretty much variation choke that I got with Sarah McMahon. Um, it was absolutely tight and she had no choice but to tap. People want to say that she quit. She didn't quit. She was her, she was getting choked. You know, she had no choice but to tap. I would have broke her neck. So she, she tapped because she had no choice. So again, for me, that would be the sign of a crank, but also, um, yeah, I guess there is that, that thing. I, even what Chael Sonnen put out some video that I, 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 I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, I just saw something where he talks. I think his main point is that like, oh, uh, Pena quit or whatever. But there's this other. I want to give a shout out to uh, 
the other podcast called Southpaw, and they were discussing uh, this match as well, and they were saying that a lot of times Nunes can overwhelm her opponents, so um, it, those opponents who are able to make the fight last longer, uh, you start seeing a significant reduction in Nunez's like ability or like strength and speed and stamina. Even though Nunez will still win, you uh, she's shown that maybe like she really puts a lot into the first round, and so um, with this fight, it doesn't necessarily mean that she quit. Um, it could very well mean that it was she submitted to a real technique, a real neck crank. All right, so uh, I'm going to kind of, uh, I guess, like uh, be more on the side of Benya here where uh, it, to me, at least on the, the angle that the that the camera was at for that match, it definitely seems a little bit more like that face lock or that she was setting up what I guess she didn't didn't really realize that she was setting up a face lock. She's calling it a choke and she's, you know, whatever, a choke variation. Um, so it could be just like this. It's just what people relate to when people are um, like you know in that position so it could be something like that but hopefully we can kind of change the like the culture even like so so i think say with with us doing our work here and catch wrestling alliance and all that and people getting more into catch wrestling hopefully uh we can kind of get people to recognize the validity of the neck crank um and understand how to do neck cranks even better because that's the other point where I kind of mentioned earlier about the Khabib and Conor McGregor match. So Conor McGregor tapped out really quick to a uh, like not well done neck crank. No offense, you know, I'm sure um, you know maybe I would submit to, but I don't think it was. It didn't look so technically perfect the way um, Khabib did that neck crank to Conor. So um is i think it i think it goes to and i've seen kind of similar instances where someone does like kind of a weak neck crank and then the other person submits i think that also shows that when you put on at least some uh some amount of neck crank action right then a lot of people will tap because they start fearing for neck injuries and all that so um so they might so people even at the highest levels have tapped early and i think it shows their lack of awareness or like a experience with these types of techniques and that makes me think of this other point that i wanted to bring up <laughs> so it was actually a few years ago there was some other mma fight where uh i think a neck crank or neck crank was involved right but um some some MMA fanboy was trying to say like, oh, all MMA fighters know about neck cranks and this and that. But um, this person was just like a, a fanboy because, at least in my mind, because um, because you're just not seeing neck cranks happening with any regularity or any frequency or when you when at least from my eye or my point of view. So it's completely my opinion, right? So you can have your own opinion or whatever, but. Uh, a lot of times uh, these neck cranks aren't applied uh, very well. And so I also have experience, again, like, you know, I teach at an, at an MMA school. I also roll at a jiu-jitsu gym. And um, 
you know, when people are calling things cranks and stuff like that, they're usually pretty weak cranks that people are submitting to. Um, but they could be better. They could be more painful and more uh, fear-inducing, right? All right. So I think those are my main points. And so then, yeah, I would kind of, like, if someone, like, when a fanboy is like, oh, they, they know about it, it's like, well, they might have heard about it, but um, it's not necessarily something that they do. It's not necessarily the way they train. Uh, we're not seeing them done very well when they are applied in matches and stuff. So, um, no, I, I I just don't agree. Because, again, you're um, it's not like the main thing that's, you know, like neck cranks are still like illegal techniques in, in many grappling competitions and whatnot. So uh, people aren't going to be training for them. Okay, so let's go ahead and get uh, to some of your comments. Christian Barrero. Hello. <laughs> Catch wrestling is awesome. I agree, Christian. Uh, pro wrestling is fake, and I am a fan of pro wrestling. Yeah, there's some people like, well, uh, I've I've had this person on my, you know, on this on this channel a few times. Uh, Jennifer Thomas, one of my good friends. She is uh, a pro wrestler, and she is one of the most fantastic pro wrestlers I've ever seen. Uh, and I've seen her do some matches, and just amazing. Like her skill is amazing, uh, better than a lot of uh, other pro wrestlers that I've met. And so she ends up helping these other people to improve. So it's pretty awesome. So there's a lot of cool things that that can happen, <laughs> or at least a lot of. Um, yeah, it's, it can still be exciting, the pro wrestling match. Hala. Hi, Coach Raul. Hello, Hala. Nice to catch you here. <laughs> it's good to be caught. Good to be... <laughs> uh, Hala, I wanted to get your take on this. So hopefully, um, hopefully this was a good take, or at least, uh, um, you know, let me know what you think. Uh, Hala, again... I thought she neck cranked her too. Okay, yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad Holla and I agree. So I got some validation here. <laughs> um, yeah, it was the, at least uh, from the video, you know, the angle and all that uh, wasn't necessarily the best, but it does look like Benya was applying a face lock, and apparently, I guess she she just doesn't know that that name or the name of that, so she calls it a choke variation. So. Uh, whatever, or maybe they have some name in their gym, and they just don't want to share whatever their code, their code word for that for that technique or whatever. Um, so that's, that's totally fine because I know uh, at the MMA gym that I teach at, I guess apparently they have some code words for certain techniques, so that during a match uh, the coach can yell out certain things, and then uh, the other side wouldn't know uh, what what they're talking about. Um, same thing happened with like in baseball. That's a big, a big example where um, you know they have all these different uh, gestures and whatever code words and all that. So uh, same thing can happen in MMA, uh, but ultimately, in catch wrestling is called a face lock, right? So let me know if you have any other questions. I know this is kind of like a uh, not the usual time that we've been. Um, We've been chatting, but so for those of you who are here, feel free to uh, ask your questions or make your comments. So if you if you think 
that all MMA fighters know, know neck cranks and all that. Uh, feel free to, you know, feel free to uh, show your ignorance. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now it's just weird. You know, some people they really uh, defend, um, you know, like these points that they can't quite prove, especially when they're not experts and stuff. So that's kind of like what we have to deal with. So speaking of experts, why why am I an expert? All right. Well, the reason why I'm talking, or at least the reason why I feel like, um, there's many reasons why uh, uh, like we're here, because ultimately we're trying to preserve the art of catch wrestling. Uh, it, it Because of things like pro wrestling, uh, Olympic freestyle, even folk style and stuff, they, um, they've changed the rules, right? And they're, they've become, they've evolved so far away from the original source, their, the original style that they stemmed from. So we're really trying to preserve the, the original version, right? So uh, I've trained you know, several years uh, with, again, like say Billy Robinson, uh, the descent or the lineage uh, holder of, so Billy Robinson isn't, but the Roy Wood, the coach Roy Wood at Snake Pit Wigan, uh, which is like the real home of authentic catch wrestling. And uh, so I've trained there in several years. I competed for them at their events. Um, so that's why I'm talking. Also, I have the highest certification uh, from the from American Hook Wrestling. So that's my good buddy, John Strickland. So you've probably seen him on our YouTube channel, um, share videos with him. Uh, because of COVID, you know, we, you know, we couldn't really travel so much. So we probably would have had John come back to LA to visit. Um, but yeah, the travel stuff is difficult, at least at the moment. Hopefully things start clearing up, you know, once people start acting better where, uh, you know, they aren't filling up hospitals and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, got a lot of experience from the most authentic sources so that's why i'm talking and that's why i feel very passionate about the preservation of the real thing all right let's get back to some of your questions holla when is a good time for kids to start learning catch wrestling uh well, with the, we've been talking about neck cranks for a little while here, so uh, it is a little dangerous. So you definitely want to have them start off with, I would say, like catch wrestling fundamentals or the co closest sport where they can get experience with other kids. Um, you, you might have a class with several kids. It would probably be folk style. I would definitely prefer or I would um, recommend folk style over freestyle wrestling. Uh, but chances are in the United States, States, you know, they would be mixing the folk style and freestyle in their classes. Um, if you're not in the United States, then they would only be freestyle. Um, so the kids, I mean, say so if you wanted to start the kids in uh, any type of amateur wrestling, you can, because at least they could be learning some wrestling fundamentals. They wouldn't necessarily be catch wrestling fundamentals. They might be very similar, but they wouldn't be so cognizant of um of like the 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 when they are 
making themselves vulnerable to submission holds, right? So um, that would that would just be the only concern. So, but I mean, yeah, go ahead and get them started with an amateur style of wrestling. Um, it, it will only be beneficial, and it will teach them kind of like um, to be a little bit tougher and to fight through some of the painful submissions and stuff like that. But then later, once uh, once they get a little bit older and stuff, then they can start learning uh, more of the the pain compliant stuff. And so, so there. So I think that's that's my thing. Just if, if they if they can tolerate it or if they enjoy doing the fundamentals. Uh, let's go ahead and have them do that. Jonathan Jimenez, show the shirt more. I can't see it. <laughs> so this is, so I'll go ahead and show this. So double arm suplex. It was a it was a drawing done by uh, one of my coaches, the late Billy Robinson, right? So it says pro wrestling on top, and on the back actually it says that uh, Snake Pit Japan. Um, let me see. Oh yeah, so Jonathan Jimenez, I think, is uh, responding to Hala's um, question about when is when they when kids can start learning catch. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, so his his response is when they are good at listening. So yeah, that would be the thing, right? Um, if they if they have the desire to do it, then yeah, go ahead and put them in it. Otherwise, they'll just like not want to go to class, and the, they won't want to train, and so it'll become like a torture for them. Oh, yeah, so Jonathan clar clarifies himself that later, right? So he says, whatever age that may be, uh, if your child is good with listening and paying attention, then by all means. Yeah, because you could have some, like a kid who's really interested in doing something and, um, you know, like, so that they might, they might do better in a class even than older kids because the older kids might not be so interested. So uh, that can be a problem. Like basically the desire, like if you want to be doing it, then you'll do it, and um, uh, you'd probably make the coach happy, and they, they might let you in. Like, say, if your kid is really young and maybe a year younger than the minimum age, uh, but if they have that strong desire to do it, then maybe the school or the instructor might make an exception and let the kid in. Because that, that does happen. That does happen. Jonathan Jimenez. Also, I hope everyone has a nice catchmas, by the way. <laughs> uh, very merry catchmas to you. Uh, Shinhee E, all the way from New Zealand. Can you neck crank with hammerlock like a double submission? Yes, that's a really great, great submission. So it's called the cross face chicken wing. So um, that wouldn't necessarily be face lock, but it would be a neck crank uh, with the arm one arm behind the back and then you turn their head and you join hands uh, behind the, the scapula, like the shoulder area. So that is called a cross face chicken wing. It is a amazing, amazing submission. And it was actually, well, I heard coach Roy would say that that was his favorite position. And there's actually a picture of him doing it. Um, it should be floating around definitely on the snake pit Wigan uh, social media or, or uh, I'm sure we've shared it before on our Instagram and stuff. So uh, go and check it out. It's really cool. And it's a amazing submission. It just takes, it takes practice to get into it and all that. Um, 
Shinhee, can you please make a demo video of this? Uh, yeah, sure, sure, definitely. Yeah, we'll work on that. Jonathan Jimenez, wait, Billy Robinson could draw? Well, apparently, though, I might as well show the shirt. <laughs> so here it is. Uh, it says pro wrestling on top. It shows a picture of uh, Billy Robinson's favorite pro wrestling technique, the double arm suplex, right? So someone kind of shoots. Well, one of the ways you can kind of do it is like, yeah, if someone does shoot in, you can underhook them while they're kind of shooting in, right? Lock their hands, bridge, throw them over you. Uh, then you can set up a pin that way if you follow through with them. So, yeah, totally viable technique. Totally, It can be used in catch wrestling situations. Um, yeah, but the shirt says pro wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, but it's definitely one of his favorite moves. And going back to Shinhee's comment, so that, that cross-face chicken wing is one of Coach Roy Wood's favorite moves as well. Jonathan Jimenez. That man was something else. Well, Jonathan Jimenez is actually uh, something else as well. Um, for those, so I, earlier I mentioned that uh, probably, probably by next week we will be putting out um, the first volume of what I'm calling a pressure pass system. And um, so Jonathan Jimenez uh, was kind enough to help out with that that filming. Uh, so you'll you'll be seeing him in those videos, uh, in that video course. So it'll be um, one scenario against closed guard, and uh, it it will be several ways to pass guard. Uh, we show also several submissions, including leg locks. So you don't necessarily pass the guard with the leg lock, right? But uh, at least you can break it, break the 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 leg. Not. Oh well, yeah, I can totally break the leg, but you can break the the close guard and set up a submission, you know, foot locks and leg locks and stuff. Uh, so we show several ones of those um, toe holds and uh, but also passing the guard as well, pinning as well. Oh, a cat cat broke into my house. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, if those of you who are watching the video, you might be able to see a cat walking behind me. It's that's my cat. Um, Jonathan Jimenez, did the Fujiwara cradle today in Nogi class and it worked, but I got to clean it up though. Yeah, all these techniques, again, it's just, it, it is truly uh, making sure that you're, you got a good coach, you know, um, but um, again, it's then just working them over and over again against different partners, different scenarios. Uh, and so in that course, we show uh, a variety of scenarios, and then we also show, like, say, if if you don't quite have it yet, like you're the, you don't have the technique done uh, very well, and the most common way someone will try to counter you or escape from it, we show you how to counter their counter, right? So it should be a pretty good course. So hopefully you like it. Actually, I think it's a pretty great course. Uh, all these techniques really work. I use them all the time. Uh, except the ones where I counter someone's counter to my move because I always do every move perfect. No, just kidding. <laughs> Shinhee, will we see catch wrestlers and ABCs? <laughs> um, what are the chances? Um, yeah, I mean, just as long as we keep, um, just as long as we keep training more people, then 
Um, we'll be seeing more, definitely. Hala, do you teach cradles to Coach Raul? Uh, yes, actually, this this pressure pass system is uh, cradle. It's a, the first, so I, I want to call it volume one because everyone seems to be really um, interested in, uh, you know, competing against Nogi. So let's go ahead and work on pressure passing because um, it, it's so it's so good. You know, I, I do these types of pressure passes all the time. I want to show kind of what works best for me, uh, at least from a catch wrestling perspective. Uh, I'm going to kind of show some of the the stuff that is being done in modern Nogi as well, something like a Sao, Sao Paulo pass or whatever um, type of pressure pass done in Nogi. Um, uh, but I like doing other other things. Some I don't know. I'd probably do a different variation to the South Paulo pass. So, um, so, so look for that in the future future uh, volumes to our pressure passing system. Hala. Apparently, they are the new thing. Yeah, even uh, for a few years now, you've been seeing a little bit more, um, like I guess, like recognition of these types of things, like uh, like the cradle. And so you have a few people putting out their cradle jujitsu DVD or whatever. But um, um, yeah, again, they're again, it's not like the catch wrestling based. So uh, they. There's still some, yeah, whatever. So we're, this first one's going to be cradle-based. Shinhee, cradle to dars or anaconda choke is a good option. So you mentioned choke. We're going to do uh, cradle to um, cradle to neck crank because we're catch wrestlers. Right? So that'll be one of the techniques you'll see. So there's so many different things you can do from the cradle. Um, but we're going to be doing cr a cradle technique from closed guard. So that's where we're going to start. So that's going to be the the first uh, series. So it should be out. Hopefully, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to finish it. Okay, there's just uh, there's a lot of videos, so a lot of different lessons in there. So uh, I'm editing the editing them myself, and I'm almost done. It's got like maybe three or four left. It was a lot of it, it's a lot of lessons, so it should be a really good course because um, it should be a, give you a lot of variations on how to break the close guard using cr a cradle and how to set up passing and submissions. So um, there's a lot of techniques in there. Um, Hala, awesome. Cool. Uh, Jonathan Jimenez, on the first day of Catch Must, my partner gave to me. <laughs> yeah, the, the partner gave to you the... Uh, Catch Wrestling Alliance pressure pass system. Shin he e. Can you get to the leg lock from cradle? Heel hook, toe hold? Yep. You can even get a toe hold in the cradle. So that's that's one of the techniques that we show. Um, but uh, yeah, then we show how to get um, an Achilles lock and also how to get the heel hook as well. Um Hala, are you going to be teaching escapes anytime in the future? So escapes from what position? Like, uh, what do you mean? Like if someone pins you or what What in particular? So please comment and then uh, I'll make a note of what, what kind of escape you mean. Hurry, Hala. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, all positions. Okay, anyone in particular that you're most concerned about? You got two seconds to post. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why are you not posting? What's up? Oh, submission escapes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Jonathan Jimenez. Fuji Cradle. The Fujiwara Cradle is a mat magical technique sent from the North Pole. Every good boy and girl. For every good boy and girl. <laughs> uh, I, I agree, Jonathan. So Hala, any other any any submission in particular that you're struggling with? So yeah, I think Jonathan Jimenez brought up a good point earlier. So you know he's kind of newer to this the this kind of system that we're working on, and um, I think if was it last week? I think he said that um, in his nogi class. Uh, he was trying to do the technique, but it wasn't quite working. And then uh, during this live stream, he said that this morning uh, in Nogi, he was able to get it. So uh, again, just takes practice. And if it doesn't work out when you try it against a, a stranger, uh, don't worry about it. You know, you still just, you need practice. You just got to keep going, keep doing it. Holla, chin strap from inside the clothes guard. Okay. Yeah, I guess we can try to do something where, um, like, if you have someone who's really aggressive inside uh, clothes guard, or if people doing like barambolo stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's that's something we can talk about. Because um, actually, I um, yeah, you know, I, I I roll against people who do these types of things all the time, um, and there's a lot of cool things you can be doing to counter a lot of their rolls, a lot of like a lot of people who are are pretty aggressive inside guard. There's a lot of cool things you can do a lot, um, using catch wrestling principles. Uh, holla. On arm, chin strap, neck crank from inside the closed guard. All right. Okay. I right, see what we can do. All right. <laughs> yeah, so we'll take note of that and then uh, see if we can't uh, put out something uh, about that. But yeah, we'll, we'll also was Shinhee mentioned about the uh, the cross face chicken wing. Also, great, brilliant technique. Um, yeah. So uh, for a lot of these things, we do have. Oh, actually, also uh, I wanted to mention. So if you join our YouTube channel. Uh, you can get access to a lot more videos. And one thing that's really cool, so hopefully uh, whoever stuck around or whoever is joining now, um, they they get to hear this, right? So I found a hard drive that uh, the videographer that we use for our events in Singapore, um, he gave to me, and I thought it, was, it just had the matches that we had already put out years ago on our YouTube channel. Um, but it turns out he was filming during some seminars that we did in Singapore. Um, so I'm going to look through that video footage and then we'll probably just be putting that up for, you know, the people who join uh, uh, our membership or basically people who become members of our YouTube channel. So uh, check that out. We have different tiers and stuff like that. So the middle tier would give you access to 
uh, all those videos. So I already uh, found some, uh, you know, I've been putting up stuff more frequently and found a pretty cool uh, sparring match um, that I put up there this past week and stuff. So um, got a lot of good stuff up there. And so <clears throat> I've been wanting to put up uh, seminar footage. So apparently we got some really good quality seminar footage. Uh, so hopefully, you know, just you, you're free to watch it, you know, just uh, give back, right, by becoming a member. Uh, it's well, we're in the giving season, right? So please. It really helps. Okay, Shinhee, step over toe hold to neck crank. Uh, this catch move, right? Um, oh yeah, I mean, pff. yeah, it's totally. You don't see that in Nogi. Hala, which days times do you teach at Fight Science, and how much is the drop in fee? Um, right now at Fight Science, I I teach on Thursday nights, so please come in and then make sure you tell them uh, that you're, you're there to take the class and not to join their gym. Unless you want to join their gym, it's totally fine. All right. So um, so for those of you who are just dropping in right now, we were talking about the basically the state of grappling in MMA. I think it really follows the overall culture of uh, no gi jujitsu or just jujitsu still, and so since, um, like say, say even leg locks and stuff are uh, they're big in no gi, but they're not as big in gi yet. Um, so you aren't um, you aren't like seeing you know you're not seeing leg locks so much in MMA. You, you do see them from time to time, and you see some highlight stuff that circulates the internet. Uh, where people get some leg lock submissions uh, during an MMA match, but it's not necessarily the main thing. And then, but with regards to the fight, Benya uh, versus Nunes, you just don't see the neck cranks very often. So I think it's like even less frequently. Uh, or actually, maybe, well, it depends. Depends. I, I don't have the actual numbers <laughs> to back that up, but I mean, um, um, uh, so, but at least a leg lock, it'll still be called the leg lock. But in the case of uh, Juliana Pena, she's even calling her neck crank attempt a choke variation. All right. So uh, I think just like the the culture is just so dominated by jujitsu. So, um, you know, so so that's that's that. We'll go ahead and play the video of the interview one more time. Uh, yes, it was in the first round. It looked to the naked eye. I mean, these are million dollar cameras and they're great, but you would think that they would get the shot of like, I'm about to snap this girl's arm. I'm about to have the first ever victory by straight arm lock. You know, that's what was playing in my mind. Like I was like, man, it probably looks like people probably are like, oh, she's going to choke her. But I'm like, dude, her arm is going to snap in half. I have her arm. Like I just, I wish that they could see that. Like I was I, I don't know if they saw it or not. I actually haven't seen um, the the full fight yet, but uh, I had her in trouble in round one. And I, and I... all right, so that was the the first attempt. So that was the other thing, the other technique. Again, the straight arm bar, not necessarily like a. a she she's even saying she wants it to be the first time it's ever uh, done to win a MMA match. So showing that 
someone takes your back, it's definitely uh, not the end-all be-all, and you can fight back even if someone is on your back. So you could be threatening them at the same time. And then here's the discussion about the neck crank, which they're calling a choke variation. Actually in tight, were you surprised that she tapped when she did? Yeah, Rick and I have been working this choke for a while and it was the same pretty much variation choke that I got with Sarah McMahon. Um, It was absolutely tight and she had no choice but to tap. People want to say that she quit. She didn't quit. She was her. She was getting choked. You know, she had no choice but to tap. I would have broke her neck. So she she tapped because she had no choice. All right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no choice would be more neck crank more of a neck crank sometimes yeah if like um uh again so you'll have a little bit more time with the choke even though you definitely don't have much time so maybe you know a few seconds before you pass out but with regards to the potential of breaking necks and stuff then that's neck crank all right Holla, how do you keep yourself young and injury-free? <clears throat> I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I eat a lot of vegetables and stretch and try to do the strength and conditioning stuff, like the weights and all that. So that's how that's how I try to keep myself injury-free. Uh, yeah, that, I think those are the main things. So like kind of reducing inflammation in your body. So I'd eat a lot of vegetables and uh, stretch and stuff, fruits and vegetables. All right. Okay. So I think um, <clears throat> Eli, the game hunter. So this shirt, <laughs> thanks for everyone uh, talking about it. I'm actually wearing it because well, I'm probably like a, a weakling or whatever, but uh, it's pretty cold in California. <laughs> uh, probably not as cold as other parts of the world and uh, even other parts of the United States, but it's pretty cold in LA and actually most of California, we got like a, this rainstorm that happened uh, the other day. So it's still cold, coldish for us, right? It's like below 70 degrees. So it's like we're freezing when it's below 70. Um, so it's a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. It says pro wrestling on it. It's from snake pit, Japan. Um, one of my students actually, uh, trained with me and then he went on a trip to Japan. Um, he worked there also, so he spent time in Japan. So shout out to Kyle. Uh, he actually competed in, in our first event at UCLA. Um, so he spent time in Japan and um, he he ended up training there at Snake Pit Japan uh, while he was there and he brought back this shirt. So thanks to Kyle, I have this shirt. Ripper Catch Wrestling. Hello, Ripper Catch Wrestling. <laughs> um, so Ripper Catch Wrestling, Robbie, he actually uh, hooked up um, uh, where a few, like a, it was like maybe a couple months ago now, we had a live stream where we talk about uh, Uma Fight Camp's YouTube channel and how uh, um, they were talking about uh, how catch wrestling would beat jujitsu in a street fight. So uh, thank you for setting that up because they also, in their latest video, uh, they kind of give a shout out back and they have some really good points. They really raise some good points um, in their in their video uh, with regards to uh, like, you know, like grappling as well and um, how 
uh, kind of like the business of grappling and how um, you know jujitsu tries to maintain their dominance, um, even you know by kind of trying to control. We say like controlling the narrative, so controlling how people understand grappling. So, um, so anyway, so we get a shout out in that video, and it has a lot of great points. Eli. Yeah, I like Uma Fight Camp. Watch all his videos. Yeah, he talks about how, um, um, uh, you know, like, and th this is the other thing too, like wrestling, say uh, amateur wrestling in particular, tends to be available uh, inexpensively for people uh, of all classes, you know, and so, you know, it's also in school, so it's virtually free. But he talks about like jujitsu where it's like extremely expensive in many places to train so that is um that is a problem right so it becomes kind of like an elitist type thing all right but that's uh, i guess like a subject for for another another thing actually we have a bunch of uh, have a bunch of topics that i kind of want to bring up too um you know so the, a bunch of things are happening so hopefully we can um just keep the ball rolling on the live stream so you definitely want to chat with you guys all about uh, all these different topics because I really appreciate everyone uh, chatting and stuff and I appreciate your questions and your points of view. Okay, Hala, how do you handle aggressive rollers? All right, and then <laughs> Ripper Catch Wrestling replied, oil checks, all right? But no, a lot of times is you have to kind of uh, shut them down. So a lot of times like even uh, gaining risk control, uh, using your pressure and stuff um, can can help. So even so, say like even if someone is really aggressive and all of a sudden they took your back, just like in the the Nunes fight, <clears throat> you can be trying to fight back by again getting wrist control, getting the uh, trying for that straight arm bar, uh, these types of things. Uh, say like even if, you know, if they're really aggressive and they've already taken so much, or, or they've yeah they've they've taken so much advantage, right? Then um, 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 you know, like, um, you know, you could still be uh, trying to slow down their, slow in that train, right? Eli, I agree. I know it was hard for me to train because growing up in the hood, I couldn't afford a lot of training. It is true. It's true. And so, yeah, like uh, in Los Angeles, I mean, a lot of jiu-jitsu gyms are like hundreds of dollars, like per month, per month. Jonathan Jimenez. Kind of funny, this whole training cost thing was was a problem even back then. Oh, I mean, seriously, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe that would be the one of the subjects of our upcoming live streams, because apparently, yeah, you guys are talking about it. Back in the, Jonathan Jimenez, back in the day in Brazil, people who couldn't afford the, yeah, this is kind of one of the things, so uh, according to my understanding, and uh, Jonathan points it out here, it's like Luta Libre. So that was their version of like Nogi. Basically, it's a uh, catch wrestling inspired, but like nowadays, and even uh, my buddy in uh, in in Rio, uh, who uh, I've interviewed here, uh, will confirm it's like modern day Luta Libre uh, is far from catch wrestling. Uh, and kind of this thing that the point that I bring up again, where it's like, um, uh, you know, the, the catch wrestling might be the original version, but then people 
uh, stray further and further away. And then the style again, just morphs into another thing completely. So like freestyle, folk style, uh, you know, pro wrestling, uh, you know, all these different things. And so in this case of Luta Libre, uh, same thing happened. But so that that would in Brazil that was considered like the thing that uh, the poor kids could do, right? As opposed to the more fancy schmancy people, put, you know, can afford to roll and gi and train in the official uh, jujitsu or whatever. That's kind of the way the story goes. Let me see. Eli says, "In New York City, jujitsu is like two fifty minimum." Wow, and that doesn't. So that's like the, and he says, and that doesn't count for other classes like Muay Thai, wrestling. So the, the other classes would be add-on classes. So you pay an additional fee. So that that's intense. Robbie in the UK, so he says, uh, UK is much cheaper than the USA. $200 a month is a ripoff. Jonathan Jimenez, without the other classes, it's caca. <laughs> Yeah, this should be like the all-inclusive fee, right? If that. Eli, training in Japan was awesome. It was so inexpensive, and I can train at a bunch of different gyms for the same price of one here stateside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's unfortunate. So, um, you know, mar martial arts, well, sports in general should be like for everybody because everyone needs to stay fit. Everyone needs to move their bodies, right? So uh, yeah, people should be doing these types of things. Like even even if it's not a sport, like stuff that's uh, beneficial for our bodies, like you know weight training or even like doing yoga or something. Uh, some of these like gyms for even yoga are like really expensive. So um, pretty crazy. Shinhi E, uh, it is costly here in New Zealand. It is forty a week, but. You know, New Zealand, they use, like, seashells and stuff for currency. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> the 40 seashells a week, I think I can handle that. I'll go, I got I got a, I, I, like, the beach is nearby here in L.A. I'll go ahead and uh, uh, find some sand dollars. And No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Shinhe. <laughs> Do they got the internet? So they, apparently they have the internet down there already. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunate because these types of things, all sports in general, should be made you know available to you know everyone. Because uh, say like say like soccer, there's kind of one of these things where it's like soccer is such huge business that these um, scouts for these mega uh, sports clubs, like in Europe, they scour like like every village of every country for the next big talent right but soccer is something where it's like you just need a ball right and then um um uh to, to wrestling and all that wrestling you, you know it should be where you don't necessarily even need shoes or like it, it'd be cool if shoes the, you can have shoes but it seems like the sh even wrestling shoes are getting expensive so uh that's that's pretty nuts right so Eli, the game hunter, coming to LA for a week next month. Maybe I can come to Fight Science for some sessions. Yeah, just uh, just give me a shout out, or uh, you go and send a message, especially on our maybe our Facebook page or Instagram. Uh, send a direct message, please. 
uh, Ripper Catch Wrestling, and the UK clubs are big too. Holla, where do you do private sessions? Well, uh, at Fight Science, but you just have to do it when there's no class. So, so you just have to kind of go according to their schedule. All right. Actually, it's been an hour, so thank you, everyone, for watching. Shinhee, if there was catch wrestling there, I'd take catch wrestling over BJJ. Catch doesn't have a boundary on submissions, and catch have more submission arsenal. I agree, Shinhee. I agree, 100%. <laughs> I really enjoy... And I mean, of course, I mean, this is a catch wrestling channel. I really love it. I also do jujitsu and all that, and... Um, but again, my you know the 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 main love is catch wrestling. So um, it, it's it's um, it helps me you know even when I'm doing no gi and all that. So it helps me. It should help you, right? But then everyone's like saying like oh like oh what was that or you know what you know, and uh, it helps you to think out of the box. Jonathan Jimenez, you must know your enemy to beat them. Holla, we missed you. Merry Christmas to all of you if we don't see you next week. Yeah, hopefully we can still do... Um, yeah, sorry, because like here in the United States, um, you know, we this is like our holiday season. It kind of starts at the end of November and goes to the end of the year. So I kind of got caught up in some of that stuff, having to travel and, and stuff. So that was it. So, but yeah, hopefully we can at least uh, keep things, keep the ball rolling because we definitely have a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff has been happening uh, even in amateur wrestling, also even some self-defense stuff. Um, so definitely want to talk about it because uh, some of our live streams that we've had uh, in the past couple of months, we've been talking a little bit more about self-defense and some big uh, cases came up in the United States uh, where self-defense was the, the, the main subject of these trials. And so I, I really think... Uh, we should talk about it because uh, some of it, uh, some of these decisions in the trials um, go along with some of the stuff I've been trying to tell people right you know, on our live streams. So I'd kind of like to talk about it to kind of give people a better sense of uh, like safe self-defense for yourself, where you don't risk getting in trouble yourself, right? Or you being uh, put on trial and stuff. So I definitely want to talk about that. Holla, more self-defense stuff, please. Okay, you got it, because uh, that's one of the things. Um, actually, that was going to be this this live stream's topic, but um, the Nunes fight came up, and so a lot of people were talking about that. But then, so next one will be that self-defense thing. And then there's also uh, another um, topic that came up with one of my favorite uh, members of the USA freestyle team uh, talking about pay. So uh, I want to talk about that, too. Holla, that's extremely important. I I agree. Yeah, the self having a realistic idea of self defense, even in the United States, I think people kind of get an unrealistic uh, view of self defense, where people are like, I got, I'm going to use my gun, and if anybody comes up to me, I'm going to murder them. And it's like, that's not a realistic, uh, um, not a real, not so realistic, and uh, you can get in a lot of trouble. Even though we are. Uh, you know, we, we have a, a gun-loving culture in the United States. Shinhee, double wrist lock, a double... 
keep the double wrist lock. It's not Kimura, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like we had a, a name for it in English. And it's also, it also happens to be the same name for it in Chinese. Um, I don't know what you call it in Japanese or whatever, but the Chinese characters are the same as double wrist lock. Yeah, Hala, you can get arrested for defending yourself. Yeah, so um, I definitely want to talk about it because there's some really good example that just happened. It was a major case that just happened in the United States. So uh, I want to show that. I want to show some of the footage and stuff. It's unfortunate, but um, but yeah, I think it will really help give people a realistic idea of self-defense. All right. And not just guns, holla. That's what holla says. So not just guns. Yeah, exactly. So we'll definitely talk about that. So that'll probably be um, uh, that'll probably be what, the next live stream. Okay. So thank you everyone for watching. So if you want to train and you're not around LA, or if you're not around my buddy John Strickland on the East Coast, or if you're not around Snake Pit Wigan, um, then consider joining the Catch Wrestling Alliance Academy. So that's on our website, catchwrestlingalliance.com. Or uh, if you just want to support us, uh, you know, we can join our YouTube channel. Uh, go ahead and click on join. That's like the box, probably even underneath um, this video here. Uh, you can become a member. Uh, you can just you can just support us at the minimum level, or if you do the medium level, then uh, the mid-tier then you get access to all these videos, uh, extra videos, uh, presentations we've done, uh, some role like uh, behind the scenes rolling uh, stuff. We also showed some alternative endings to some of the videos that we put out. Um, uh, also too, I'm gonna be putting out some more seminar footage that I, I discovered <laughs> on a hard drive. So um, it's actually really good quality, I guess apparently. Uh, the person who was filming, you know, was just testing out his camera. So there's a really good camera and um, has a, we have a lot of really cool uh, uh, clips from some seminars. So uh, consider becoming a member of our YouTube channel. All right. Okay. So thank you very much for watching and then look forward to talking to everyone next time. And in the meantime, we're going to continue helping you to elevate your grappling and together we will keep real wrestling alive.